As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey there, it's Megan and welcome back to another solo episode of the Built to Last show. I'm so looking forward to today's episode. It's a continuation of what I shared last week. So if you missed last week's solo episode, go back and listen to it where I shared some really vulnerable, real, raw experiences that I had had in 2021 for much of the entire year. And the way that I labeled my experience was suffering in silence. And what I mean by that is thinking inside my mind for literally almost an entire year about all the things that I didn't like in my business and also in my life. But it was the majority of it had to do with my business at least the the thoughts in my mind, all the things I was frustrated with, all the reasons why I was second guessing myself, doubting myself. And the suffering and silence piece is about not telling anybody. And I don't mean not airing it to the public on social media and talking about things that you're going through when you're in the middle of it. But I mean, not reaching out for help, not having a conversation with a coach or a mentor or uh, a friend, a colleague, a peer, your inner circle of mastermind partners. You know, I had a lot of opportunities and a lot of people in my life still do that I could have shared these really intimate things with that I was going through. And I didn't believe that people would listen to me from a place of accepting that that's what I was experiencing. And I thought people would think differently about me. Oh, maybe she's not really a rock star. Maybe she really doesn't have it all together. Maybe she really doesn't know what she's doing. Maybe this whole time she's just been like this big fraud. And one of the reasons why I was telling myself that story is because that's the feedback that I've gotten for many, many many years being in the online business industry, messages, comments, always people telling me you're out there rocking it. You're doing so amazing. You're everywhere, just all this kind of stuff. And so then you're in your mind, you're like, well, everybody sees me that way. And I don't want to, I can't change that. Like, what do people think? Like, that's not real. And you just kind of go down the spiral. So I was in that place and I stayed in that place, you know, honestly, it was more than a year. It was just really bad in 2020. It got really bad in 2020, 2021. I was like, am I even going to get out of this? It had been percolating for a while leading up to 2021 though. And what happened as a result of the way I was thinking in my mind is I didn't make any changes in my business. I kept pushing, not pushing, meaning I was overworking myself. Pushing meaning I had a particular business model. I was operating on, you know, certain social media platforms. I was running my business 
and structuring it in the way I had for the past five years. And part of me, you know, the dialogue in my mind was, well, I have to make that work. You know, I have to make this large scale, like scalable, massively scalable group coaching program worked. If you don't know my backstory, I was a teacher at the high school level. I was a business education teacher and I taught in the physical classroom. I also taught for a virtual public school system, which is in almost every single state. And at the time I was in North Carolina, we had the second largest virtual public school in the nation. We had over 70,000 students. So at any, in any given semester, I was teaching 90 students online. And then I was teaching not quite as many in the face-to-face classroom because my classes were smaller face-to-face. So maybe 60. Uh, so about 150 kids a semester face-to-face and online. And I also, uh, in between my two coaching businesses, so this was circa 2014, 15, and 16, I worked behind the scenes for a really well-known coaching company. And at any given time, I was basically running group programs and mastermind-level programs and an online version of our live group programs. I would have 500 to 600 clients at a time, we would, the company would at a time. And I was overseeing all of that. So I thought, okay, well, I have a teaching background. I have a master's degree in teaching. I've experienced working with large volumes of people in exceptionally high touch group programs and masterminds. I was a classroom teacher. That's the way I see so many folks in the online industry, service-based industry and coaching industry making, you know, seven, multiple seven figures and on into the eight figures. And I knew I wasn't really interested in just teaching people information and courses. That's another conversation. I have my reasons for that, personal reasons for that. And so I last year just stuck with my same business model, the same way I was marketing, my same message, working with the same client. Yet, silently and internally frustrated, irritated, annoyed, bored, stale. I felt so stale energetically. And then it turned into resentment. It turned into blame. It turned into bitterness. And then that turns into anger. And if you're not careful, anger can then turn into hate. And you get that far. The anger wasn't so much at other people. It was a little bit of that. The anger was more anger at myself. So if you want to get the whole story around my personal journey in in that category, listen to my last week's episode, solo episode. Today is a, a bit like part two of this because I knew I needed and wanted to make changes. However, because of the dialogue that was going on in my head, and because I wasn't letting myself talk to anybody about it, I just kept, I just stuck with it. I just prolonged what I was thinking and feeling on the inside. And I was prolonging what my business looks like and and the type of uh, target market I was focused on. My message has just prolonged all of that. And you'll hear in my episode last week that I had a chat with a friend of mine who is also in the same industry as me. And this was not the first time we had had a conversation about what was going on internally, 
what was going on inside of our businesses. It had just been a while. And every single time, either one of us is going through pretty significant changes personally and professionally, we're literally on the same page. It's like we're in parallel. I mean, everything about what she is experiencing, I'm experiencing, and it's, it's mimicking the other. And, you know, not that I was looking for someone to give me permission. However, that conversation helped me realize it's okay that I am experiencing what I'm experiencing because if I am and she is, I imagine every single entrepreneur experiences this at least once, if not multiple times, because we grow over time, over experiences, over the years, we evolve, we grow, we elevate, whatever the word is you want to use. And we are better at certain things. We are more knowledgeable in certain areas. And, you know, it's time for parts of our business to change along with that. It's also time for parts of our business to perhaps die away. And I believe for me, and I see this in other people, we almost want to avoid the feeling and the pain of the grief of that of the grief of letting something go that we have spent so much time, effort, energy, and money, and and even team in building. And not only the programs that we're offering, but figuring out and building all the structures for marketing, for sales, yes, for the delivery, for operations, our financial structures. And oftentimes what I will hear clients say when they are making a change Number one, deep down, they know that's what they want to do. Number two, they're terrified of it. And number three, they will keep themselves where they, where they know they don't want to be. They'll say, I feel like I'm starting over and they don't want to go through that whole entire process because our mind goes back to what it was like when we all first got started. And it was kind of like hell. It was exciting. You know, for most of us, we left whatever job we had. For me, it was teaching. We had Brighton, who's now 11. I came home knowing I wasn't coming home to be a full-time stay-at-home mom forever. And within three months, I was already figuring out what my business was going to be and schlepped her all over the place with me to networking events and speaking or speaking engagements. But I remember back then it was so tough. It was so hard because I didn't know what I was doing back then. So most of us, we, we go back to what it was like when we first got started. And we were learning everything for the first time and it was, wasn't working and we weren't charging hardly any money. And we were, we lacked confidence and we didn't like sales calls. And so we imagine that if I make significant shifts in my business, my model, my ideal client, my message, you know, my whole entire team, everything is going to come crashing down. I'm going to revert back to that. And I don't want to have that experience again. So a lot of the reason why we don't make the changes that we know deep down are exactly what we need to do, what we want to do, what we're meant to do. And it's what, what we're, where we're being called to go. We're trying to avoid something. We're trying to avoid the pain of losing something, the pain of the process to, you know, go in this new direction. Uh, Brendan Burchard talks about three different types of pain. I know one is loss pain. One is process pain. Oh, the third one is outcome pain. Am I going to like the outcome? And I got, am I going to be able to handle the outcome after I go in this new direction? 
So in today's episode, I want to share with you some questions that you can ask yourself. You can journal about it. You can think about it. You can ponder them. You can sit with them. You can process them, think about them. And, you know, you get to decide you are the, you ultimately, you're the only one who knows. Sure. Coaches and mentors can guide, ask questions. Consultants can tell you ultimately it's your decision. It's your decision. And what does the word decide mean? Well, the C-I-D-E part of decide means to kill off, right? So the reason why we prolong making either subtle changes or drastic changes in our business is because those are decisions. And when we make a decision, we are killing off all of the other possible decisions. So they're dying off. And that can position us in this sort of like stalemate, then you get into decision fatigue. And then, and then look, if we don't make the decision and we keep trying to plug along, like I did, oh, the other thing I didn't say is it also led to extreme fatigue. I felt drained, but I wasn't tired physically. It wasn't my physical body. My physical body was never tired. It wasn't like I need to lay down because, and because my body is tired. Or I, I didn't, I never felt worn out physically. It was psychological, emotional, and spiritual for me. And I felt completely depleted emotionally and spiritually. And I take full responsibility for that because I did that to myself. So how do you know, or when do you make, when do you make subtle versus drastic changes in your business? I'm not going to tell you when you should. That is completely up to you. You get to go through whatever process you need to go through to get to a point where you can make decisions and move on and be really happy about whatever decision you make and make it right on the other side. Even if that decision doesn't pan out in the long term, make another decision. You know, it's fine. That's you're an entrepreneur. That's what we do. So I'm going to go through a series of eight questions here. I don't think this is an exhaustive list, but this is. This is, this is a really, really, really solid start. So if you are finding yourself in a position like I was last year to whatever degree, right? Like you didn't, you don't have to be as far gone as I felt like I was. It could be kind of subtle and you're just starting to think and feel these little rumblings inside of you of something's just a little off, right? So nothing bad needs to go wrong for you to have a sign that it's time to make a subtle or drastic change. So question number one, are you working with clients in your most favorite ways to work with clients and deliver on your area of expertise? Are you working with clients in your most favorite way or ways to work with clients and to deliver on your promise? So again, if you've had the same programs or you've worked with clients in the exact same delivery style, is that your favorite way to deliver? Or are you doing it because you took a program on that and the coach told you to, and you've just, it's just stuck with you for the last five or 10 years. I know I'm going to give you some examples here too. I know for me, like I said, I thought I wanted to run these big, large scale group coaching programs because my experience is in that. I know how to do that. I do it exceptionally well. What I had to come to terms with is, do I do my best work as the one facilitating all of that and leading all of that? 
Do I do my best work? Do my clients get the best results with that? And is that my favorite way? I love group coaching programs. I love them. So it's not that it's, it, you know, it's not a matter of, do I believe they work? Do I love it? Do I think it's a incredibly amazing way to deliver programs and for people to get results? A hundred percent. But the question is, is it my favorite way? And in fact, I'll go ahead and reveal to you one of the things that I came to terms with and had to really accept is I want to have a massive impact, but I don't have to be the one with a thousand clients. So I looked at all of my experience. This occurred to me over December, 2021. Actually, I was really sick um, when this came to me or when I finally like opened my eyes to it, I guess, uh, or made myself available for it. I decided, you know, how, how do I want to make this big impact? I looked at all of my experience from my entire adulthood. And I thought, I know exactly what it is. I want to, I've always wanted to have a consulting arm to my company because I'm so much of a consultant, I would say even more so than a coach. And I created an offer where I go into uh, companies who have seven figure plus group coaching programs or mastermind programs basically like one-to-many programs that are high touch. And I will go in and consult them on making improvements to their program that will specifically impact and they will see increases in client retention, client results. Those are two things that are extremely poor in our online industry. They will see an increase in client renewals, client resells. That's all client loyalty, which impacts the lifetime value of a client, also really low in our industry, and also increase referrals. That will put you in the number one position in your field or category. It allows me to uh, work with people in a way that I really enjoy working with people. That, That offer will also include interviewing team members, interviewing clients, observing the entire program, observing team meetings, observing calls that the business owner and or team are conducting, collecting data, collecting feedback, researching, and then teaching the team and training the team. Because at that point, you've got team who are facilitating a lot of your programs and client experience, training the team on how to implement new ways of operating new ways of delivering client experience, the new systems and the new processes. And when I realized I can do some of my best work in that format and I can impact way more people, I don't need to be the one with the 500 people in the program. I can go consult people who have 500 people already in their program. And what led me to that was I overheard in a video, someone just sort of nonchalantly said it. It's, a, it's someone who has an eight-figure company and an eight figure, eight figure programs, like with the group coaching and mastermind programs combined, the company generates eight figures just from that. (coughs) And she said they hired a consultant to come in and help them improve how they're delivering and structuring every element of their programs. And I was like, what? It's like, that's exactly what I want to do. And she only spent about 30 seconds saying that. 
And then everything just sort of like flashed before my eyes. And I knew exactly that that's what it was for me. That would be one of my favorite ways to work with people. And that's just one example where I'm also going back to doing VIP intensive days. I love working with people in a full day intensive and doing really high level strategy work with them, knowing they have a team behind them, whether it's one, two, three, or more people at their company, and they can immediately go implement. I love working with people with what we work on. You are going to know exactly what to implement when you leave this full day. I love that. It's something I haven't done in three years. Why not? Right? Because I'd boxed myself into this particular model that I thought I had to make work because that's what I started. Okay. Question number two is the way you've structured your model, your business model and or your offers in alignment with your current stage of life. So especially women, our stage of life changes fairly often. So if you are currently single, you are in a particular stage of your life. You have certain responsibilities. You don't have other responsibilities that someone who's married has or someone who has children has. Are you married? Right? So when you go from being single to married, if you are running your business and and that's, you know, a big life change, your priorities are going to change. There's another human being that you are factoring in now. Your business model may need to adjust, maybe slightly, maybe drastically. Do you have children? What age are your children? Do you have multiple children? Are you now all of a sudden homeschooling your children? If you are, or if you have multiple children who are in all sorts of extra extracurriculars, does the model you've had up until that point still going to serve you? Or is it going to take you further away from being with your family? And if your family is one of your top two or three core values, maybe it's time to evaluate your model. I have a client that I've worked with for a little less than a year. She's worked with clients one-on-one. She's worked with groups. And she revealed uh, last week, I didn't help her do this. She said, look, I don't have time pressure. I don't have money pressure. I have three kids. I am homeschooling all of them. And she's married. She has a husband. I don't, I want to have a model that brings in recurring revenue that I can rely on. It is stable and I don't have to show up much for it. And she said, I'm doing a membership site and I'm going to have I don't remember the exact numbers. I think it was a $97 level and a $147 level. She said, I realize that that's going to be a slow build, but I don't have the pressure right now. And she goes, I'm done trying to make these other models work. And it's taking me away from life and the people I want to do my life with. So stage of life. Question number three, is your marketing, are your marketing, are your marketing and your sales processes and systems, the way you're going about it, is it aligned with the business model you've selected and are aligned with? So for example, the way that I would offer and sell these consulting services to seven-figure earners who have a seven-figure coaching program is very different than how my client is going to build and sell and facilitate her membership site. Two totally different worlds. Uh, She's building a YouTube channel and the majority of what she's doing is going to be SEO, YouTube, you know, selling her membership for the consulting services that will primarily be referral based. It will be referral based and it will be me going into high level masterminds where these people exist and doing training. Very different model. So oftentimes people will say, 
they're clear on the model they, or well, maybe they aren't clear on the model they choose. They choose a particular model and offers, you know, structure offers in a certain way. And they want to make all this money, but they're unwilling to do the marketing and sales required in the long term, long term meaning many years, to build what they say they want to build in terms of financially and profit in that particular model. So for example, membership sites is going to require an extremely high volume of leads that you, in funnels, right? You're not getting on sales calls to sell that. And in order to hit your financial goals, you're going to have to sell a lot of those. So if, if the direction you're going in is, is membership site, awesome. But are you willing to do what's required? If you're going to go in the direction of really high ticket, one-on-one, VIP days, consulting, you know, your direction is going to be referral-based, strategic partnership-based, and really focusing on building relationships and having relationship-building conversations on a daily basis, more than likely. Two very different things. Are you willing to do what's required? And is the marketing and sales aligned with the business model and your offers and the way those are all structured and your financial goals as well? Is it all aligned? Most of the time, I would say most of the time, uh, people don't have that quite lined up and that creates a lot of internal angst and stress and pressure and then dislike of your own business. Question number four, do you want to manage a lot of people and have a big team or do you only want to manage a few people? Once you get to around $200,000 to $250,000 a year annually, your greatest asset becomes people and process. Now, again, the size of your team, all of this is about alignment, right? So your business model and your offers, your marketing and your sales, those have to be aligned. Well, then you also need to be willing to have the level of team required to support those two things. And again, a lot of people say they want to make X number of dollars with X model with XYZ offers, but then they're like, but I don't want team. And it's like, well, that's, you can't, that's not even possible. Because in order for you to facilitate that and grow that and then deliver it, deliver on your promises, you have to have team because, or else you're doing all the things. And if you're doing all the things, you're creating an 80 hour a week job for yourself, if not more, and you're not going to do that. So then you're going to remain right where you're at. Be clear on that. If you know you don't want to manage a lot of people, then create a business model and offers that don't require you to hire a bunch of people. You know, you, the, all that has to be in alignment. And sometimes people find out, you know, I have this huge team. I don't want this huge team. I'm going to, I'm going to scrap everything. We, we've heard so many stories of that happening. And then they go down to fewer people and they completely change their business model. The key is, are you happy? Are you happy? Right? Like always check in with that. Are you happy? Or are you just out making money? Really big difference. Question number five. Are your profits coming in with good margins? That's the other thing to really look at. You know, what type of profit margins do you want to see in your company? And, and number, you know, make sure you're looking at those. You definitely want to be looking at those. Beyond just having a bookkeeper who does it all for you or an accountant, you should be looking at that uh, weekly or monthly minimum. If you do not like what you're seeing with profit margins, then you want to do some evaluating and some adjusting. Question number six, are you delivering your programs in a way that honors your personality and your basic human needs? 
Are you delivering in a way that honors your personality and your basic human needs? Delivering the programs that you sold. Also, uh, the way that you're operating with your marketing and your sales. Does it honor your personality and your basic human needs? Let me give an example. One of the basic human needs is variety. And if an individual who has a basic human need of variety has boxed themselves into a business model that is, you know, one group coaching program and it's the same curriculum and you launch it in the same way and you do that year after year after year after year, if that person wants variety, that person might get very unhappy with that particular model. There's another model out there that you probably have seen. And it is pretty much like constantly or whenever you feel like it or whenever you get an idea, put another course out there and charge $111, $297, $700, $1,000, $1,500. Something that is lower ticket, like a lower barrier to entry. And there are some people who have eight-figure companies, seven-figure companies running their businesses that way with that particular model. And if you ever buy any of their courses and then you get access to the course in the portal, you can see all the other courses they have available to you. And some people will have 60 or 70 courses that are $1,000 or less. And they just create courses as they feel like creating courses. You know, maybe they're journaling in their journal and they have an idea for a course. Maybe they're talking to a client and they have an idea for a course. They don't stop themselves from just putting it out there. I mean, they literally go like write a sales page, put it out there, market it, sell it. Now, in order for that to be really lucrative, of course, you have to have a higher volume of leads and people who are on your list, following you on social media, like that's it's it's a lot. So, uh, but that person is going to be able to do really well with that because their basic one of their basic human needs is variety. So it's not like so where I think so many people have gone wrong in the industry is they've just watched what other people are doing to make a lot of money, or they've taken programs from people who they really like. It's not that they don't like the people are taking the programs from, but once they get into the program that that coach or that expert is teaching one particular way to grow a business. And they're not taking into consideration, especially if you're in a program with like more than 30 or 40 people, more than 50, unless you have a lot of associate coaches that are checking with your clients many times a month, there's no way they can figure out how to best guide you based on your personality, your favorite way of working with people, your strengths, they don't have the time for that. So they're just kind of like teaching the way they did it or teaching, you know, the way that they know how to do it or the way that they learned how to do it or the thing that they're best at. And then you do it and then it doesn't work for you. And then we have this perpetual conversation in our industry of bashing, bashing coaches, bashing coaching programs. Nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody's really skilled. Look, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe in some instances it is. From my perspective and observation and being in the industry for the last 10 years, I believe it's less about that. And it's more about people are taking programs and we, that's where we have to take responsibility. We took a program, not knowing ourselves well enough or not trusting ourselves well enough. And then we got into it and we sort of, we did what we were told to do and created this model, but it's out of alignment with our stage of life, with our personality with our strengths, with uh, our basic human needs, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the program or the coach or the material. 
That doesn't even mean there was anything wrong with the way that program was facilitated. It just didn't work for you because it didn't work for you. And that's where we have to stop blaming and shaming the programs and the coaches that we've worked with and feeling bad about the money that we've invested. And we have to take responsibility and ownership for, well, maybe it's time to actually look in and be very clear going into the coaching program that's showing me how to build my business to the next level or scale to a million dollars, that it is the right fit based on what I am already clear on. Okay, question number seven, are you delivering in a way that matches the best fit for your clients? So this is a both and. We wanna make sure first and foremost, that the way you're structuring your model and your offers is in your lane, personality-wise, strengths, your favorite way of working with people, also the way that is going to get the best results for your clients. You know, what's the best way for you to deliver on your promise? And then that leads into, well, who's the best fit client for that? Not everybody. And I don't mean like the problems that you're solving and and what you say you're helping people with. I mean, their personnel, all these same things that you're thinking about for yourself. And really the best way for you to figure that out is you need to have a a pre-qualifying process and a sales process that isn't just letting anybody and everybody buy your 10, 20, 30, or $40,000 program because it makes you feel good because you can now go say you made $100,000 in a day or $2 million in a year because you will be frustrated and your clients will be frustrated. Question number eight, and this is the last one, are you attracting, I would say at least 80% minimum, 80%, are you attracting, are 80% of your clients the absolute best fit in terms of being able to access your zone of genius what you are teaching, guiding, and coaching them on, and do they have the ability to get the result you're promising? That really goes along with question number seven. Those are kind of part A, part B. So if you take a step back and you look at the client base that you have, one of the ways you can tell is if you're irritated and frustrated with some of the clients that you have, you're making it about them. I've experienced this. I experienced it actually for about three years. And I was just like, Why am I attracting? It wasn't the people. I loved the people. I loved them. But I was frustrated because I felt like I was wasting away my gifts. But I created that. I was the one who went in that direction. I was the one who put the message out there. I was the one who created the program. I was the one who did the marketing and the sales. That was all me. It wasn't them. I attracted people through my words in my energy and my programs. But then I found myself over and over again, insanely frustrated, not at them. I thought it was about them. I thought it was about them for three years. Then it just got really bad in 2021. It had nothing to do with them. It was that I felt like I was wasting away my gifts and I was mad at myself because I was the one doing it. And I was, you know, I think to a degree we work with people who are not necessarily the best fit for us because it allows us to keep hiding instead of talking to the caliber of client or company that we want to work with. For instance, my consulting offer is working with entrepreneurs in the online space who have a group or mastermind that's already generating seven figures. Like just the group program is generating seven figures already. I personally am not generating 
millions of dollars a year in one single group coaching program myself, but my entire background for the last 18 years, that's what I was doing. So just because I haven't sold one myself, like sold it to that degree, I have over the years, but not in like one single year is what I mean. I've made millions with programs, but it, you know, it took a few years to make that from a particular group program or a mastermind, but I'm not, you know, make, I'm not having like seven figure launches every single time I have a launch for a group program, but I'm not going in to help them on how do I like structure my launch? Mine is the internal side, the client experience side, the systems and the processes, which I've done that for 18 years. So these are eight questions that you can ask yourself, which will help you identify, is it time for me to make a subtle change or a drastic change in my business? Again, not an exhaustive list, but it's going to get you started. And ultimately, what I will leave you with is be really honest with yourself. I was able to completely shift my entire business overnight. I mean, from one day to the next overnight and not even bat an eye about it because I got honest with myself. And if you are someone who is already generating six, multiple six figures, and you are looking to have more conversations like this with a mentor and a peer group, I want to invite you to reach directly out to me. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or info at structuredfreedom.com. We have openings in our mastermind program. It's called the rise to legendary mastermind for the six and multiple six figure entrepreneur who is on the rise to high six and seven figures in the next one to three years. Every single one of our clients are there. All of our clients are very, very established in their businesses. These are the types of conversations that we're having. There are a lot of nuances that come with each individual when it comes to the way in which they are developing, building, growing, scaling, and leading themselves, their company, their programs, and their team. And I would love to support you with that if you are looking for this type of support. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got incredible value from today's show. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.